the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Hey, come on in. It's episode 55 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. My name is John Taylor. I'm joined as usual by a lady showing a little shoulder. It's comedian Shan Carr. And of course, our gay desert guide, Brad Fur is with us. Uh, Shan, who else is going to be joining us today? We have a fabulous, actually, I think the Latinx community has a handle on our guests today. First, we have Mimi Avalos, who works at the Palm Springs Animal Shelter, and uh, she's going to tell us about how few dogs they have and how you can get your fingers on rubbing your hair through one of them if you want one. And then we have Alexander Rodriguez from uh, Los Angeles, and he has the radio show On the Rocks. He's also a the lead writer and segment lead for Metro Source. Um, so we're going to hear all about that, the gossip out of Los Angeles, the doggies in Palm Springs, and more here at I Love Gay Palm Springs. And, of course, we are going to be joined in just a few by Dr. Laura Rush, who's going to give us a lowdown on what's going on with the pandemic and the local response and how we're all getting through this. And from Coachella Valley Independent.com, the publisher who has a bricks and mortar printed edition coming out next week and a preview of that with Jimmy Bogle. But right now, let's find out what's going on with our gay desert guide, Brad Fur. Well, I just got back from Gay Wine Week and Weekend, which was the virtual edition in Sonoma. Um, I don't know if you happened to tune in at all, but we did a a little dance party on Saturday evening from a sequestered theater in Santa Rosa and uh, had a chance to visit a couple of wineries up there that were doing outdoors, socially distanced uh, wine tastings and just had a nice uh, week away from the 120 degree weather that I missed here in Palm Springs. So um, good to be back. And we've got, you know, a fair amount uh, going on in the community. And again, most everything goes to virtual. Um, In a few minutes, we will be talking about uh, what's happening in the theater scene around um, Greater Palm Springs. But uh, our uh, writer, Stephen Radish, has uh, written a theater at home review. um, And he talks about how people are putting the creative and creative arts. That's in our newsletter today and also in our blog on GayDesertGuide.com. Cultural Center is doing uh, Grease and Mamma Mia as a double feature and uh, these fun outdoor movies uh, at the um, at the cinemas that's uh, coming up. Um, the virtual concert series from KG1065 continues. There's a substitute this weekend with Tommy Rose as the featured guest. And then we're working with the men event. Uh, Hugh Heisel was on last week's show talking about uh, the fun and games department of Gay Desert Guide and Shankar will be leading us on some great um, uh, dating discoveries, right, Shan? I think you're going to start those in early August. Actually, on August 4th, I will begin the first of eight events that we are working with the men event for in August. The first one is a gay trivia night. It's about 10 bucks, or it is 10 bucks. And it's an hour of fun and games on Zoom with a bunch of people. So we're doing two gay trivia nights and a gay mishmash of games and a scavenger hunt and then three men's speed dating events and one lesbian speed dating event. So eight fun and games events in the month of August. Yes. And so what what happens at the end of the uh, lesbian speed dating event? You you get a U-Haul and move in pretty much. Oh, that was such a reach. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know where you were going with that. It's so old, but it's so true. It's come on. Uh, 
And also in the fun and games department, this weekend, it's the LGBT in Soul Town Tour on Sunday at 11 a.m. That's uh, all about Hollywood and what's going on. And then uh, there's also a big gay trivia party that uh, they're doing in New York that we're a part of as well. That'll be on Tuesday, July 28th. If you have been affected by um, a downsizing in your job, know that Agua Caliente is hiring for their new Cathedral City Casino. And on Monday, July 27th, is uh, 8 to 1 is the time at Mary Pickford Theater. Over 500 positions to be hired for. So Wow. Uh, yeah. So ah. a lot of people that were put out of work, this is your chance to go and shine. You know, I, I call the cathedrals, the, the, the upcoming Cathedral City Casino, I call it a cathino. A cathino. Ah, okay. <laughs> We're putting one in your column now. Oh, okay. thank you, honey. <laughs> there you go. Mary thank Pickford's you. also doing their, uh, they're trying to, you know, they're, they're working on, a, there's a national program called Savior Cinema. Because many theaters are not going to survive this very well, just as we're, we'll talk about theaters in a little bit. But cinemas are also having some huge challenges. Uh, and Mary Pickford's allowing you to stop by and get popcorn, soda, nachos, ice cream, and candy. Fridays and Saturdays, 4 to 7 p.m. Just stop by the Mary Pickford Theater, get your to-go container of popcorn, add a little extra couple of pumps of butter on there, and go home and uh, turn on your favorite um, streaming video service for the evening. So I just want to do a takeout shout out this week to our friends at um, Johannes. Oh, They've yes. New, yeah, new curbside pickup available three to eight Sunday th th through Thursday. And, for uh, schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel. And three to eight thirty on Friday and Saturday. Uh, they do offer delivery via Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash. And if you uh, buy $100 worth of schnitzel, you get a $25 gift certificate for future purposes. I suddenly would like to be alone in my house with $100 of schnitzel. schnitzel. Mm. Shan, you might have one for us as well. Oh, um, I have a couple of friends who uh, just needed a little bit of love in, so I called them and said, what well, can I pick up for you out in the world? And uh, they had been missing their Shermans. Oh. Right, and once you get a hook on the Shermans, there's just stuff you want. So I swung by and did a little, you know, the restaurant uh, outside is open for dining, and they have a nice little patio, but maybe two tables. Uh, and the line outside into the heat for to go. And they were just really banging it out. I didn't even wait a minute. They had a little dot for me to stand on. I scooched up each dot quickly and a little get in, get out with some, you know, some pastrami Rubens. How can you go wrong? Anything from the dessert case of my dreams? It's <laughs> so embarrassing, but... You know, as I was getting out of my car to pick it up, they said, you know, take a look at the dessert tray. And I said, girl, no, I am not, <laughs> I'm not even going to be alone in the car with a slice of that chocolate death cake. Bring no, girl, cake. no. I mean, really, I would be no, girl, no, I'm not bringing you that. <laughs> All right. Brad Fur, our Gay Desert Guide at GayDesertGuide.com, GayDesertGuide.LGBT. Also on Facebook, got a great Facebook page, too. So look them up. Get uh, on the mailing list for that uh, weekly, weekly newsletter. newsletter. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you, Shan. And now let's welcome in to our I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, Zoomcast, 
the fabulous publisher of Coachella Valley Independent. It's our good buddy, Jimmy Vogel. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning. And we also want to welcome, with a musical introduction, the lovely and talented Dr. Laura Rush. It's a little Thompson Twins for you. that that was the earworm <laughs> it's a great earworm I, i've got a nutty patient who every time he sees me he just kind of like saunters in singing that song I'm like oh. you are so fabulous yeah. <laughs> it and makes now, my morning every time and now it's going to be playing in our heads for the rest of the day oh, thank you so great much song. it yeah, is great a good song well so better than playing what brad i was going to say it's better than playing witch doctor by the chipmunks <laughs> okay, I know it's digging back a few more decades. You're dating yourself, sir. <laughs> That's way, way back. Oh, Sometimes you God. have to date yourself because no one else will date you. Oh, <laughs> the comedian, the comedian. Someone has to do it. I know. That's true. Oh, well, it's hard to pull humor out these days. I can't deny it. But it also sparks it because everybody's kind of at the edge of their normal zone and anything can make anybody be a little extra happy or hysterical or angry or all of that. I'm sure your patients are all over the board. What's happening in doctor world? We're everybody just sort of on that bleeding edge of something. Yeah. So mo mo much of it is insanity. Um, tempers are flaring. People have anxiety. People have depression. Um, I don't, I can't say anybody's euphoric. So. <laughs> no. If they are, I'll have what they're having. Yeah, I haven't seen much of that. But it's it's treating a lot of people with kid gloves, and uh, it's hard. It's hard. I have a lot of tearful phone calls every day with my patients. So it's it's heartbreaking hearing what's going on out there. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to try and be optimistic. You know, I know the state of California is not looking optimistic. I'm going to try and be optimistic and say, okay, we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a just light. a little bit of a... A flicker. You know? Yeah. A, a flicker. We're yeah. making some good progress with uh, with vaccines, lots of vaccine news going on. It's it's hard to keep up with it. There's, you know, vaccines popping up in this country you know, with Pfizer. There's, uh, uh, China is working on a vaccine. So Europe's got vaccines in the works. So lots of good news following it. They are pushing to get a vaccine here by year's end. And I've been saying all along, I think we're going to see it, you know, by around November, October, November, because we are, it's what they're calling it, Operation Warp Speed. So they're trying to get it out the door as fast as they can. Yeah. It's looking promising. Good. So all of our fingers and toes are crossed. Um, so far, it's, it's looking optimistic. Good. So in the hospitals here, in your office here, Right, that's you have that insight that we don't. What is really? I mean, didn't some crazy letter come out from some doctor at Eisenhower that I didn't even see was verified early this week? That I didn't see. There was I one a couple weeks ago. There was one a couple weeks ago that came out that actually was verified. Was it? Um, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Dr. Rush, but since that letter came out, the number, the word that I keep hearing is stabilization. Yeah. is that it looks yeah. like things might be starting to stabilize. We had the most deaths we've ever had reported yesterday in Riverside County, but yeah. deaths are the last 
stage yeah. of things. It's yeah. deaths and then hospitalizations before that and then cases before that. I've started to hear that case numbers seem to be stabilizing. Locally, at least, hospitalizations are stabilizing a little bit, but it's still not good out there. Our positivity rate's still over 12%. It's still high. They, yeah, they want to get us under 8% before they can yes. start saying, let's think about reopening things again. The, well, um, go ahead. So the hospitalizations, when you look at the, the data that the county's putting out, it does show we are more coming, a tiny little bit of a downtrend in terms of the number of hospitalizations, the number of ICU patients with, with COVID. We have three hospitals out here. From my understanding is that the, the feeling overwhelmed is not so much the overwhelming patient load, it's what it's doing to the actual healthcare workers. Yes. So that's who's getting overwhelmed right now. We're, you know, we're tired. We are all working extra hours and I'm not working in the hospital right now. So it's my colleagues that are working extra shifts in the hospital, the nursing staff, the phlebotomists, the pharmacists, all of the techs, the people that are working in the hospital, they're getting overwhelmed because they're working long hours, they're tired and they have a lot of stress. You know, they don't wanna bring this home. They don't wanna bring this home to family and friends. So that's where the feeling of being overwhelmed is coming from. The actual numbers themselves have been manageable. We haven't run out of ICU beds. We've never even come close to running out of ventilators. So all of those things that were making everybody crazy a month or two ago, it, it's not really hitting us out here. But that those numbers from what the county's reporting, at least out here in Coachella Valley, look like they're coming down a little bit. So we have to just hang tight because it, it's coming. It's coming. And thanks, thanks for uh, pointing that out, Dr. Rush. Uh, a lot of that was stuff was made a, a couple weeks ago when Eisenhower accepted the FEMA team that right. came in to help things. This was never a space issue. Eisenhower's, right. like, got, I think, 60% capacity right now. They're 60% right. full, so they've got plenty of beds. It's just that the poor healthcare workers who aren't getting vacations very much, they, you know, you guys have been dealing with this now for since March and people are tired and overwhelmed. So this wasn't about, you know, they didn't build a new hospital. They came in to basically give right. the beleaguered health folks a break. It's that's exactly what they did. Because when you look at the numbers and we say, all right, we've got, you know, 90 or 100, 100 patients with COVID in the ICUs, we've got three hospitals. It's about 30, 33 patients per hospital. It's not an overwhelming number out here. It's manageable, but it's not sustainable for a healthcare worker to, to keep working these hours. So. It is exhausting. I'm tired. I mean, you know, I've been working more than my 40 hours a week, you know, picking up extra shifts where we have to. I'll, I'm working this weekend, picking up extra time this weekend. Um, the things that worry us now going forward, those of us who are primary care, are people like you guys, people that are listening to us that have put their medical stuff on hold for the past six months. And that's when we're gonna see the big onslaught. I already get the, well, I haven't seen you in five months and I need to come in, I need my pap smear. I need my annual labs. I need my blood pressure checked, my blood sugar checked and yeah. my cancer screenings. That's where we're gonna see the second crush of this where it's gonna be really hard to get in to see your doctor when the floodgates open, so to speak. And I'm trying to get my patients to be proactive now. I'm like, you know, it's, I canceled my own colonoscopy three times because I didn't want to be in a hospital getting it done. Right. But I'm like, now it's time to go get your blood work done. It's, I had a mammogram last night, so I went in and I got it done. So you could start doing these things um, at the right time and, and, and stay on top of your health because in another two, three months, 
you're not going to be able to get an appointment. It's going to be crazy, and it's going to be bring a whole different level of frustration. Can you do one of those? In then too. Can you do one of those mail order ones? Can you do a colo guard? So the colo guard. So there's different ways of doing a colonoscopy. So you can either do a colo guard, so the colorectal stool sample every year. Or you can get a colonoscopy, which is good for 10 years, provided they don't find anything. So you have your choice. Or you can do a flex sig, which is good for about five years. And that's sort of they go halfway up your colon. They don't really do the whole thing. So um, I, I personally recommend you go and get the colonoscopy. Just get it done. You want everything scoped. You don't want to wait till you have a symptom yep. to see that you're okay. Dr. Rush. Yeah, okay. I, um, I went to my primary care doctor yesterday at Eisenhower's, yeah. Dr. James Gady. I've known him for years, yeah. and he's, he's, he, he's worked at Mayo Clinic. He's really a great historian. We talked about, he, we spent about a half hour chatting yesterday because I'm on the concierge program, so I had a little extra time with him. Yeah. And we talked about the uh, pandemic, the flu pandemic of 1918 to 1923. He was talking about back then, there was a playbook basically written for what we should be doing now. None of that was pretty much followed. So we unfortunately repeated the mistakes of the past. But one of the things he talked about, and we get back to the mental health issues that we are yeah. seeing and experiencing. And he talked about the fact that we as mammals, we need interaction with each other. And the, the times in which we get isolated, uh, there's about a two month time period from what he tells me from research is is about the amount of time that people can go without going kind of crazy and, I, and we saw that the first time with that first round yeah. and i think we're somewhat in that area now with the second round or we're coming up on a another round where people are just having a lot of mental health issues which you alluded to earlier uh in the yes. podcast today it's we're seeing a lot more as i mentioned earlier anxiety and you see a lot of um people that have gone out and, and you know shannon and i talked about this adopting pets you know to, for, to get that companionship and how important it is to have companionship especially right now so i guess the the one shining moment that's coming out of this pandemic is there are hardly any animals to find in the shelters in fact i have mimi avalos if she actually calls me back i do have mimi avalos from the palm springs animal shelter coming on today excellent and it has been crazy trying to find a doggy i i can't believe how first of all the scam factor yeah. is monumental the amount of people who are trying to sell you a fake dog yeah. I, I i i who would ever think so yeah all that's, right back to medical stuff <laughs> they're, they're so important there's I, I think that's you know my my pack have helped my sanity substantially oh, yeah. well they make me crazy in a different way but <laughs> there's crazy that goes with love that's part of the formula you know get it in a package and not bundled it's always bundled as they exactly <laughs> it's but, hard and I, you know i've talked to a lot of my friends who are therapists and psychiatrists and and they're all confirming the same thing that i am that it's just it's really hard for the mental health aspect and there's only so much zooming you can do you actually need physical human contact yeah. i have to say that there are people there are those of us who are the feelers and then there are those people who my my mom as an example, is a therapist, but her principle is basically get over it. 
not a bunch of feeling going on and, and all of that. And like, suck it up with her Vietnam PTSD people. She's like, it was 50 years ago, bitch. I mean, not really, but so, um, those people who don't have all that depth of actual feeling are managing very well. Um, but even those people are cracking now on the fifth month of this, I'm seeing those people who, you know, aren't all touchy feely, who really need some human reality that eat, you know, it's hitting at every level now. There, I mean, there are things people can be doing, you know, to get outside. It's, it's obviously it's a lot harder here when we're having 115 degree temperatures, oh, but yeah. you know, it's getting out early in the morning. That's, that's what I'm doing. And you know, I have a, a lot of friends that go hiking and they're out there on the trails at 6am with each other wearing masks. So they're having some physical human you know interaction. The, the gay nude guys hike though. You always <laughs> risk running into them on a trail. I'm just saying it's happened. So. Oh, how frightening. <laughs> we'll what? find a different trail. Why don't lesbians nude hike? What is that about? I, well, because you would be stepping on your nipples. It would be a painful <laughs> proposition. So that's what um, I want to say some things like we are now talking in uh, positivity. I can't think if that's what it is, but the percentage of people per hundred or a thousand or whatever right, right now. Are we, what is the magic number? Is it eight? Do we want to be below five before things? Eight is sort of the magic number that they're saying that they really want is the, the considered safe. So right now the numbers have been bouncing between, uh, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like between 10 and 12. In the, in actually the district for the, for the last few months, we've gone from everywhere between uh, 11 and 16. Really? Yep. Like for months, we've been between 11 and for, 16. For about the last six weeks, yep. For hundreds? Yes. Wait a minute, like I'm having to absorb Yes, that. it's a percentage. So that would right. be 11 to 16 per 100 coming back positive. And I actually think that might go up even more now because they've started restricting um, a lot of the testing to people who have symptoms or who yeah. are at risk. Whereas before they were saying, anyone who can come in even if you're asymptomatic but because of the shortages in terms of the lab backups and the shortages in supplies they've re they've restricted that so we might actually see a higher positivity rate that doesn't necessarily reflect things getting worse if that makes sense yeah because we're only we're only testing the patients who are symptomatic so you expect to see a positive number as opposed to if it was everybody then we it was a the short would window where you could be tested if you weren't symptomatic even three weeks ago in that window i still right. had this still had to check the box that said i had been exposed to somebody who had covid i didn't have to have symptoms but i think that was a very short period. Well, we were, you know, they started running out of tests and reagents to do the test. So again. even I, you know, been limited, again, even I've been limited with, you know, who I can test. And our testing guidelines, we get emails, we have meetings every single day, and the testing guidelines are changing every single day. So it, it's hard to keep on top of, you know, can I test this person? Can I not test that person? And people get very, very frustrated. You know, I have people that are like, hey, I'm going on vacation with my kids and I need to show the state of Hawaii that, you know, I had a negative test before I can get on a plane. And I was like, that no, you know, I, I can't do that. And they get mad. I'm like, you have to go to the county. They're like, well, the county is, you know, I can't get an appointment with the county. So it's very, very frustrating for a lot of people. And it's hard. I, what's I don't the, have an what's the turnaround time um, now for test results? 
It, depending on the test itself, so the nasal swabs, I'm seeing two to three days. The the sputum, wow. the coughing up is, is almost as long as two weeks, which to me is is just futile. Worthless. What's the point? Yeah. So there are some places that have access to rapid testing, and that's usually just for the hospital, so they can get a quick turnaround time, you know, in under a day, so they can the see president. what's happening with the patient. For the president, yeah. So I think now uh, it's going to be, you know, since we don't have sports, we're going to watch the vaccine, the game of tennis of, you know, who's stealing the formula from what country so that they can seem like they have the new. So we do have a friend who is about to enter one of the vaccine trials in a couple of days. Uh, we can't talk about it because he's, you know, in a vaccine trial and there's some confidentiality. Uh, but as he gets through it, he is going to come and chat with That'd us. Be great. Yeah, to see how he does. So, but we're, yeah, we're coming into a lot of vaccines. This is usually around August is when we start pushing the flu vaccine. Usually the end of August is when that comes out. I What I am hoping is that with all of the safety precautions that we're all doing, mask wearing, hand washing, social distancing, that we're not going to see that much flu and sinus stuff this year either because people are practicing yeah. good habits. So that will be nice. It'll maybe get us, give us a chance to get ahead this, you know, this fall winter. Um, but the vaccine race, the only thing that's going to compete with watching the vaccine race is, you know, the Yankees are back. Baseball's back. <laughs> All right, what do you do? It's actually opening day, and you and I, in terms of baseball, at least for the butch ones here. Um, <laughs> so I actually have two questions for you about that. First of all, Dodgers-Yankees World Series, we, we oh. okay with that? I, I would, I've been waiting for one since I've been here. So this yes. week is my 15 year anniversary in California. Oh. And every year I'm like, come on, Yankees, Dodgers, this would be amazing. And the second question is, this is a 60 game season. Um, the other sports leagues are doing bubble type things, whereas Major League Baseball, you know, even though the stadiums are empty, they're actually traveling um, regionally, at least. You know, the Dodgers, for example, are opening in L.A. and then they're going to Houston, actually, to play the Astros, the cheaters. Um, do you think they're going to make it through this season? I do. You do? I do. If, if the players can can stay healthy and they do what we're all doing, I think so. I think it just really it's I'm betting important. against you. I am betting against you. Okay. You think they're going to have to only get halfway through or what I do you think is going to happen? I think one guy's going to get cooties and he's going to give other people cooties and they won't be able to play with each other anymore. <laughs> well, let's keep our fingers crossed that they all can uh, behave themselves. That's yes. the kind of shit I want to be wrong about. For so, sure. Yes, I would love you to be wrong, too. I, it's been killing me to not watch baseball. I, I have it on every single day. So I, I stream it at work all the time. So it's, it's been it's a hard habit to kick. And umpires and catchers have to wear two masks. Uh, yes, but I'd normally invite you over to watch the Dodgers tonight, but unfortunately, you know, the whole social distancing thing. I know it's yeah. awful. Well, well hey, if it's the Yankees Dodgers World Series, we're going. We're, we're finding a way. We're finding a way. Oh, we're sneaking in. I want Laura, I want to talk you into going with me to watch Jimmy play ball. I will make you a pom-pom. <laughs> we will sit in the stands as dyke rah-rahs. And uh, <laughs> I, love, I love to cheer. 
Perfect. I'll do it. Jimmy, how's your how's your arm these days? Are yeah, you almost my, ready? Both my elbows have been dislocated, but they still work a little bit. And just so people know what uh, what Shan's talking about, I actually play in the Palm Springs Gay Softball League. Yeah. And we have one of the, if not the best, gay softball team in the country here, the, the Rounders 2.0. They've actually won the Gay Softball World Series like two out of the last three years, I think, something like that. Unfortunately, Maybe. the uh, Softball World Series, which was supposed to be next month in Columbus, Ohio, has been canceled. Yeah. But they've actually got four divisions a b c d and e the rounders are the a division i am in the e division so in other words <laughs> what we're playing the benny hill theme song is kind of playing in the background um but go heat so well then i'm yeah. gonna bring you a pom-pom too now that you kind of i just went to i have always dated softball girls and I went to see about now 30 years later, a friend of mine who's been on this same lesbian softball team in Sacramento, who I've cheered for for years. They are still playing. They're all in their 50s and 60s. I got there about an hour and a half early because you know what? They don't drink after the game anymore. They can't stay up after the game. They drink before <laughs> the game. Oh, so they open an hour and a half early for their fucking softball game. So then they're half lit by the time it starts and they're strapping on all kinds of braces and, oh, yeah. and lotions and oils. It was the funniest. It was like robo-lesbians out. <laughs> it was hysterical. And I still had a boner the whole time there. God I played with some of them. I played for 30 years, yeah. and I hung up my cleats when I came out to California at 38 to go to medical school. And five years later, I was um, out living in Los Angeles, and some friends of mine out there wanted me to join the softball league out there, the gay league in L.A., and I, I played in one game and it was like the second inning. I was running from first to second and I completely ruptured my Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I should have just ended in glory five years earlier <laughs> when we won the championship. But uh, All right, you've got ruptured tendons. Jimmy has had like elbow replacements. There is these bionic lesbians putting on uh, I a walker last summer. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. It yeah. sounds like a road to pain and rehab. This is living, man. But you know even though it sounds painful and horrible to you, there are a lot of, there are hundreds of, of local gay softball players that are really missing it right now. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if Shan brings out the pom-poms and can be a lesbian cheerleader, I would like to ask if, if you two have a, a moment, Dr. Rush and uh, Jimmy Bogle, if you could try and teach me how to throw. I'd love I, to. I used to say that I, th I throw like a girl, and it was such an insult to girls everywhere because they all throw better than, than me. So, yeah, that would be, that would be a, a, a little project. A good post-pandemic project. Hey, Jimmy, so what's going on with Coachella Valley Independent and the Daily Digest? Well, uh, this is actually, you know, we're still doing the Daily Digest. I've cut it down to three days a week now because of um, I, I've had some medical stuff I didn't put off uh, Dr. Rush. Um, that I've been recovering from, but also um, we are on actually deadline week for our August print edition, which will be hitting the streets next week. Uh, we just published what is going to be our print cover story, which is actually a look at the local theater scene. Mm -hmm. um, 
like everything else in the world, they got shut down rather suddenly in March. And like everything else in the world, they don't know when they're coming back. So some of them have formed uh, a new group called the Alliance of Desert Theaters. Some theaters are participating in it, some aren't. And so we talked to a bunch of local theater folks about what the future holds. And, you know, there's some good news out there. Desert Rose, the LGBT theater in town, they actually just uh, signed a lease to move into the new the old Zelda's location. Which is awesome. Which, which is amazing for them because yeah. they literally had were having a sold-out season, not a sold-out show or two, a sold-out season until everything got shut down in March because all their shows, it, it, the, their space in Rancho Mirage had shut down. But, you know, some of these theater, you know, they're trying to figure out if they're even going to survive and when they open, if they're going to be able to have full crowds. And if they can open, some people are looking at doing video, but how does video theater, you know, unless you're going to spend the millions of dollars a la Hamilton to do it, how do you do theater on video? So um, there's a lot of different opinions out there and um, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, Broadway has canceled for this year. Cirque du Soleil has filed for bankruptcy. This has probably hit the performing arts harder than any other industry, period. So you can read about that at cvindependent.com or in the print edition Hitting the Streets next week. And we'll look for it. Please do. We love you guys. Thank you. Get out. You guys have a good weekend. Bye. Go Bye. Dodgers. Bye. Go Yankees. Go Cubs. Okay. Go to hell, both of you. Well, through the wonder of multiple platforms of modern technology, we have with us the lovely, talented, vivacious, bubbly, and multifaceted Mimi Avalos, who is at the Palm Springs Animal Shelter, the home of Bella, Buddy, Cha-Cha, Coco Bear, Goliath, Goonie, Gopher, Jose, Lulu, Macbeth, Ollie, Raquel, Rocky, Roxy, Savannah, Soxy, and Spanky. You forgot a cue. <laughs> Welcome, Mimi. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I'm very happy to join you guys. Thank you so much. Well, we know that the animal shelter is not open to the public right now, like many things are, but it's not that hard to make an appointment and fall in love with some doggy online, which actually I find that sort of awkward to like say, oh, I love the picture of that dog. It's right? grinder. But it's grinder for dogs. It's grinder for dogs. Okay, that's actually funny. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, to get an appointment. Uh, we are closed, uh, but in a sense, we are open to the public. Um, you just got to go online to psanimalshelter.org. Look on there. Find um, more than one animal that you're interested in, just in case uh, one of them has already been adopted. Uh, go ahead. You're going to call us up. You're going to talk to uh, somebody there at the um, customer uh, service, and they'll make an appointment for you to go on in and meet with uh meet with the pet and if you have your own pet too uh we do encourage that you come and bring your pet to do a dog on dog uh unfortunately we don't do dog on cat meet and greet for obvious reasons yeah we don't do that but it's very easy and our animals are getting adopted out left and right we're having uh, a really? lot of us doing that so well, I've never seen so, I mean, he seriously listed off every single dog at the shelter that is available for adoption. I know, that, uh, was, that was good because honestly, I couldn't even do that. Well, I think he might have had a cheat sheet. I'm just, but, but, yeah. Buddy's making a comeback. Oh, buddy. 
So, Buddy, that little scruffy. So, the reason I drug you in is because I know a lot of people who have adopted a dog uh, pretty early on, and now I've waited too long, and the cupboards are bare. And uh, and I was telling the guys, there's like scams on Craigslist, people trying to get money off you for a dog that doesn't exist. I've been, I've had to fill out applications. I was joking, they wanted like my personal toenail clippings and a fecal sample for an adoption application last night. <laughs> and they want a home visit and I get it, I get it. But so it's been the one yeah. silver lining is the animal shelters are really getting love. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're moving out and don't worry, like I said, go on to the website Go on there, you know, just keep checking in because also we are fortunate enough to be able to pull from other shelters oh, and yeah. uh, bring in other animals. And so right now, I think it was yesterday, um, we actually got a whole other group of small dogs, little scruffy terriers and little chiweenies. Uh, they aren't available yet, but they'll be available soon. They're getting all checked out medically and making sure everything's okay. Yeah. Uh getting them spayed and neutered, vaccinated, all that stuff. So just keep checking on the website because we're constantly getting animals in. So well, we do get them, it's just that they move out very quickly. I know. So how do I sneak in and see who the new ones are? Because otherwise I'm driving two hours. Actually, I have a friend who, after all this craziness, I realized I have a friend who owns a rescue in L.A. And uh, oh. I'm going to drive out on Saturday. I would so much rather to adopt from here. But if I drive out to her place on Saturday, girl, I'm coming home with a doggy, probably. Well, that, that, that's the point. That's the point. It doesn't matter, honestly. We would love for you to come to our shelter. Maybe one day you can come. Um, but if you can adopt from anywhere else, right, that's what okay. we're all about. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same team. We want these animals to go home, okay. uh, find their forever home, and find that love. So... I, it, don't worry, you won't, you, won't, you won't hurt my feelings, I promise. Maybe, Mimi, go ahead. Mimi, are you getting a lot more animals being put up for adoption because of the hardships of the COVID crisis or people moving or, or people, I don't know, is there, is there an influx of dogs being put or and cats and bunnies? You mean being surrendered? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, it was really quiet. I think people are still trying to figure out what was going on. And as the time is progressing, um, people are going a little bit into uh, panic mode. Mm. Uh, oddly enough, I've gotten several cats. Uh, people are freaking out about their cats. Um, so cats are coming in. Um, and even old animals, which just that, that just breaks my heart when you see, you know, a 14 year old um, dog coming in. Uh, to live out the rest of its life in a shelter, um, That's but we try to at least get them in a in a uh, a home to live out the rest of their time. But yes, I'm seeing a lot more animals coming in right now. Oh, I did not want to hear that answer, but I do feel like maybe after I get whatever doggy is going to be my primary love relationship, oh. that then the idea of taking in a senior dog as a second, like a polyamorous sure. kind of uh, situation. Oh. Yeah, but you know, she can't put out. She's old. She just yeah. sits there for, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yeah, I've, I've, I've fostered through the animal shelter. Actually, a couple months ago, all you had was kittens. 
and uh, I am so allergic, but I took a couple kittens in for a while, too, a couple months ago. Um, yeah, it is kitten season also through this whole thing. Babies yes. are not stopped being born. They're still out there, you know, in the hot weather. And, well, we live in the desert, so we get hot weather all the time. So there's babies being born left and right. Uh, so they're coming in as well. Yes, we have lots of kittens. Uh, sometimes this past weekend we had Bogo. You know, buy one, get one free for the kittens so yeah. that we can just start moving them out because the kittens are getting into cats. They're turning into cats, so we want to make sure that they don't lose their little cuteness factor, you know, because that's what people want, the little cute kittens. Yeah. I don't well, we miss you. We miss you guys um, at Village Fest. Uh, that was always a wonderful place to stop mm -hmm. to see the animals yeah. and yeah. and meet you know animal lovers. Our dear friend Bob Hamilton was often a, a volunteer at the booth there, and it was a nice nice chance to see the uh, volunteers and staff at the Palm Springs Animal Shelter. It's psanimalshelter.org, and you can check out uh, the animals and uh, and converse with you guys via email to set up an appointment yes yes and it was led by anthony now I don't, i'm not sure how to pronounce his last name Ercolani. uh wonderful wonderful staff member that would lead that team over at the uh at the street there uh so um he did a really good job because that's a really big job as well and i know uh a lot of people miss seeing us there. We miss being yeah. there, being out and about doing our thing, you know. It's hurting us financially also with the fundraising and what have you. So please, please, we just want to put the word out there. Uh, if you can, you know, foster, donate, uh, donate items from our wish list, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, vaccine clinics, we still have vaccine clinics every Thursday. Please call, make an appointment. Uh, we're kind of behind. You're going to have to wait about three, four weeks for an appointment, but it's there uh, to service the public. So pe a lot of people are taking advantage of that. So we're still trying our hardest to be out there and uh, do what we can for the community and, and the animals. I want to so ask we need a lot of help and support for the community. Well, and I would like to ask, I know that a lot of the volunteers at the shelter are seniors. And I'm guessing that some of them are not able to go out as much. I'm sure that the way that you're running your volunteers is in a limited, safer way. But are you okay for volunteers, or do you need a little bit of extra help? Um, well, we always need help. But, uh, yeah, a lot of our volunteers are exactly right. That's the situation. That's the case. Uh, safety first. Yeah. Uh, we have been running the shelter um, on a skeleton crew, pretty much of the staff. We're trying to keep it as limited as we can. Uh, we've been very, very, very fortunate. Good. Uh, nobody has gotten sick or anything, considering the amount of people that come and go in that shelter. Good. We take lots of safety precautions. We sanitize uh, three times a day. We sanitize all our areas that we're assigned to. So we're taking our precautions. A couple of the volunteers have trickled back to help us out because the phones are just insane, insane. The oh. phones, just people calling, My which God. we're grateful for. But it's, you know, I feel like an octopus. We're just trying to do our job and, you know, trying to do that. So we love, love, love and appreciate our volunteers, let me tell you. Yeah. And it is a whole other level. So we can't wait for things to get back to normal so we can have everybody back and join again as one big family for sure.
Oh, thank you. Always take volunteers, yes. Okay, good. At psanimalshelter.org. Thank you so much, Mimi Avalos. So nice to get a good word about the the critters getting love and making their way out into the community. Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you guys so much for this chance. I appreciate it. You have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Now we welcome once again to our flaming microphones. You may know him as the host of On the Rocks podcast with celebrities and lots of fun. And of course, our former Grand Marshal for our Palm Springs Pride Parade, the last one that we had. And he's also hosting Metro Source's uh, premiere podcast, uh, Metro Source Minis. Is that the one you're hosting? That is. Uh, we just launched it a couple of weeks ago. Very excited. It is. a writer for Metro Source. Yes. Right? The okay. lead. You're the lead writer for Metro yes. Source. I'm, I'm writing um, all the cover stories and the side stories, and uh, we're adding online pieces as of this week. Um, mm. So very excited. I'm very, very busy. I'm, I can read and write. I know it's a big surprise. It's <laughs> Alexander Rodriguez. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, yeah, hey, girl, like, hey. All the artists hey. out there have either pivoted or like need to triple up on their antidepressants. <laughs> I have enjoyed the crap out of watching your pivot, which has been a full ballerina high-end pirouette, for God's sake. I actually did take ballet in school, but um, I got not kicked surprised. out after three months. Also not surprised. <laughs> I was also kicked out of ballet, by the way, so yeah. But we are in the Cool Kids Club. That's right. Oh my gosh. So tell us about your favorite story lately or your favorite thing you covered for yourself or Metro Source. Well, you know, we're right in the middle of, of Pride season, and Metro Source uh, celebrates 30 years out and proud um, this year. And so it's weird for Metro Source to be celebrating this huge monumental anniversary without being able to go to the Pride events. And so everything is, is digital. And so our answer to that was to launch this podcast, which was very exciting. So we launched it with about five episodes, uh, a really diverse group. We have Eureka O'Hara and Bob the Drag Queen from RuPaul's mm. Drag Race. Bob is so great. Here. Oh, Bob is Bob for president. Our oh interview was so interesting about BLM, about the LGBT community, about drag itself and the history of drag and what drag has become. It was such an informative conversation. I loved it. Um, I would vote for him for, for president. No joke. <laughs> I thought you two were a great team, as a matter of fact. Well, thank you. You know, um, he really balances the humor as well as the politics. I just do the humor. Uh, but we also interviewed Betty, which was one of, the, uh, it's an all-girl band, yeah. which was one of the only bands that took the stage for Pride before any other musicians would take the stage. And they were doing it from day one. And they performed all around the globe. So it was so great to hear about Pride being a grassroots kind of protest and march. And that's where everything has come from, which we're now kind of circling back. So that was really exciting. Uh, well, and they've been there all along and still taking the stage. I think they were booked here last year or this year. I can't even remember that, what year. Yeah, uh, well, it was this last year, and that's yeah. where I met them. And it was oh, it was yeah. love, love at first note. Um, they yeah. put on a great show. And they talk did. about activism. They really live it. Mm-hmm. They could have said, you know what, let's kind of stay in the closet and be mainstream, and let's go that route. But they're no. They were living in a community that they were right. seen ignored. They were in a community that was dying from AIDS. Yeah. And so they said, no, we need to be out and proud. It's not even a choice. 
Hey, what do you think about Christopher Street West uh, pulling out of West Hollywood? You know, the organizers of Los Angeles Pride. Uh, interest, that's, that's your neighborhood. Girl, that is a hot topic. I don't want to, you know, blacklist myself. But I will say this. I have friends that work for Christopher Street West. Um, and I'm just going to be really honest about it because we're in this environment where we need to be honest about our feelings and kind of question right. things. I have not felt that LA Pride has reflected the actual community of Los Angeles, um, of West Hollywood. Um, I think it's gotten very commercial, which Prides are in the danger of because they yeah. need to make money to advertise and to bring in bigger crowds. I understand that, but you still need to reflect the community, which is what I love about Palm Springs Pride, which makes it my favorite Pride of all the Prides. Because, no, but I'm really serious. You no, guys do a true. really good job. Yeah. You, you do a great job of bringing in the, the headliners like TLC, um, you know, to really bring in the crowds but then you also show such a respect and homage to the community that keeps pride going every single day and i'm hoping that christopher street west um kind of has a moment of humility kind of thinking you know what this is where we can kind of modify things you know um, i must also say though i must say i i almost think that christopher street west should just go away and let somebody else come in uh, you know that you and i have been in in west hollywood we were in west hollywood a number of years ago yeah and mm -hmm. that organization has been fraught with mismanagement uh a lot of a lot of controversy i've known people over the years and i still know people that are that that work in that organization yeah but i just you know i'm i'm happy to see west hollywood try to go a different direction they've basically opened it up to a bidding process yes. so that another organization can come in and run a west hollywood pride and uh and i just think maybe christopher street west has has outlived its usefulness so um i i, I yeah, I wanted to ask also to you. A couple of my friends were the kids who started DTLA Proud. Right. Yes, yes. I've. And I've I've had I've had the honor of being their MC for their kickoff day on Fridays for the last two years and talk about a celebration that yeah. really celebrates the community and the right. diverse community the trans Latino the yeah. black community they're not in it for the headliners they are not I'm LGBT and then not being LGBT there that there are organizations inside the queer community who realized that you have to make it that way for it to be that way. You can't just say you're LGBT and then have a bunch of white dudes run everything. Well, that's exactly right. And DTLA Proud, just like Pride, you look into the audience and you see families, you see straight yeah. people uh, embracing their families, you see little kids running around uh, sharing in Pride. That's not necessarily the scene that you've seen yeah. at LA Pride because it's become a circuit party. It's become very um, exclusive. If but you're not a pretty generation wanted, they spent their whole lives building something to reflect themselves, which they're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. We have to reflect diversity and then support that. And, you know, the guys should still be allowed to have their little we're white guys thing, right? It did, Their thing doesn't have to end. And DTLA Proud prove that you can let them do their thing and make something that's reflective of what you actually want. Speaking for a, uh, for the white guys, I lived it. No, I lived in Hollywood for 10 years. And I never once went to Pride in West Hollywood. Not even the parade? Nope, I didn't. Nice. I, I did not feel that it was, you know, part of my community. Well, then again, those people sitting on their couch saying, this isn't for me. It's yeah. something that is for them. They have to make it. 
Those other people on the couch are not making the couch party so you can enjoy the couch party. You guys don't get a party. <laughs> or you go to everybody's party. Well, I haven't share. missed I haven't missed one Palm Springs Pride in five years because no. it is inclusive of everybody. Hey, even after I pass away, I'm still going to show up for Palm Springs Pride. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite pride. You'll be ghosting us. <laughs> but I just want to share. Last year, I took uh, I took part in the L.A. Pride. We waited in the sun with no bathroom, no water for four and a half hours before we even started, which nobody told us about because they had so many entries from large corporations and they were doing all of the higher payer at the beginning of the parade. And I was with the West Hollywood cheerleaders and talk about a oh, grassroots yeah. organization that has right. been there since the 80s. We waited there like, you know, like the, the bastard ch child. And by the time we marched, there was nobody around. There wasn't the hoopla. There was no TV coverage. That to me was like the, the last moment I was like, hmm, this really is not reflecting the community. Yeah, and but so I Shan, think it's I, a good challenge. Right. So, Shan, back to your point, I don't think that, again, I think Christopher Street West has, has, has run its course. And I don't think that, you know, it's not a matter of just the white guys having something to do. It's an organization that systemically has not been inclusive and has not really been reflective yeah. of the community as a whole for a long time. And I, I think that's where that's where I'm saying it's just time to go away and let let another group come in. Well, and I think there's a, I am just so turned on by this generation and all the yeah. things I thought they're actually doing. Yep. Like all the things you thought you were even participating in once they shined a light on it, it wasn't, you know, so I'm in love with what they're doing. And yeah, I mean, the white guys are all gonna, they're gonna go to every party and enjoy it. I mean, I think that is the inclusiveness that this community is doing too. It's just as fun for the white guys to go to this stuff, I think, right? Well well, but it's funny because you walk in West Hollywood, you know, when, when it's all open on a typical night, the white guys have it every night. You know, they're out there dominating, celebrating their pride. Um, the Latinos might have a Latino night or, you know, there might be a hip hop night, which is supposedly for the black community. You know, and it should it should get away from that. And it should just be like every night is a celebration. But the white guys have had their time. But um, but, it, but it's out, also John. <laughs> no, but but it's also a good time to challenge each other and figure out what exactly we're standing for. What do we want to portray to the world? The spotlight is on the LGBT and the black community right now from either side of the fence. Everybody is staring and waiting for us. And so we need to put our best foot forward and challenge each other to do that. We can, too. We can. We can. Yes. <laughs> I love what you're doing. I love, the, you know, the direction that we're all moving in. It's like, how do we stick the change? You know, I don't yeah, know how to put it in it. a better way. I think that in New York City, after the 9-11, it was that kind of shaking to that community. I mean, the whole country, but in a way bigger way to people who actually lived in New York. And I believe some of what changed in a community-mindedness, I think, stuck in New York City. I think it's part of why they were able to unite and mobilize even maybe over this mm. is they had held hands and walked through the most overwhelming thing you could see and come out the other side of it better. So 
Yeah, and you know, like to your point, life was kind of shaken up. And I know when the protests and and the looting and all that hit West Hollywood, our bubble was broken. The Beverly Hills bubble was broken. The West Hollywood bubble was broken. Which, as awful as some of it was, and the need for protests, you know, that need is comes from from a terrible place. But what happened? That bubble breaking is probably one of the best things that could have happened to the community because、mm-hmm. we realized, you know,、uh, this is real life, and it's time to take a stand. And、um, you know, it's not just a About partying and sitting back and letting other people lead us, it's time for us to lead us. Well, I'll drink to that. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, have, I have one more like mildly explosive thought that I haven't said, and、Uh-oh. you know,、Uh-oh. I know. But do you feel like? Oh, it's going to be so hard to say. I appreciate that people of color, that black people, I should say, are including other people of color. That they're that that black people are saying black and brown people for the first time in their vernacular. Like, I, you know, I'm Middle Eastern. After 9/11, that was a crazy time. All of my relatives work in the airline industry, right? A whole chunk of them, their last name is Jawayed, and they're way more hook nosy than I am. And <laughs> And the Latino, and now people are learning to say Latinx and be inclusive of all of those things. To even bring all of the black and brown people together in a mission is a shift to me. To feel like I pass, right? Look at me, I pass. I am the whitest person in my whole Middle Eastern family. But I think Asian people and Latinx people and everything are being included in the vision of moving forward with inclusivity. Oh. Well, yeah, and you know it's truly hard to be as inclusive because there are so many minority groups out there, and there also is the danger of just affixing to what label you want and being angry at people for not recognizing your label right away.、Yeah. Or,、um, you know, so there is that danger too, which I actually talked to Bob the Drag Queen on the Metro Source、uh, podcast about. You know, labels can help identify, but that's not all that you should identify is is your label. So, you know, it's we have to move、uh, a few steps over and for us to go back a few steps. And be at, at at a normal place. Well, and realize that no matter what you are, you are just one of the sequins on the world's fabulous gown, <laughs> right? There you、oh. go. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I might be a zipper. <laughs> you, you would be a zipper, right? I don't feel that shiny, but I'm right, used to. John's been around many zippers in his day. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, and I'm afraid, as an angry lesbian, that makes me a snap. Velcro. I I heard the lesbians love their Velcro. <laughs> They do. It's weird. And the most the most important、oh, wow. question today for for Alexander is how is Mama Rose? Yeah. Yes. So I have to tell you,、uh, you know, challenge your doctors. Just whatever your doctor tells you, don't just take it face value.、Uh, my mom was diagnosed、uh, with late stage colon cancer, and our first set of doctors, she had a major surgery. She was in and out of the emergency room. Some really close calls.、Um, And the doctor was, you know, the the doctors were really saying that there was nothing much they could do, not even chemo. Went to a different set of surgeons at UCI. She had her、um, surgery、uh, almost a month ago, and I'm happy to report that she is 100% cancer free. Oh, oh my、wow. God! Which in a few months, that's, that's a whole turnaround as to it's it's insane. And as to what we were told in preparing for life, you know, it, now we're looking at a whole different thing. So that's、wow. insane. Good to hear. I love your、Very、mom. Very good to hear. Yeah. And you give you give Mama Rose our best, and, yeah, and we I sure will. We promise to sing out. 
Sing out. <laughs> we love you, Alexander. Good to see you. Oh, Alexander. I love you guys. All right. <laughs> Happy Pride season. Thank you. And on that loving note, that uh, wraps up another edition of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. What a nice day, everybody. Go out there, order a little to go, enjoy your pools, wash your hands, and please be safe. And come on, gaydesertguide.com to find out what's happening virtually throughout the Coachella Valley and around the world. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of gaydesertguide.com.